You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome. This is Detailing Addiction. I'm Dr. Susan Blank. You're listening to America's Web Radio. Today in studio with me, I have Michael Daly and David Donaldson from the Atlanta Healing Center. Hi, guys. Hello. Hi. <laughs> David is literally just coming in the door. Um, we are um, here today, and I'm very happy you guys are with me. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you. This is uh, a sad, uh, scary, but I hope uh, will be an interesting topic for our listeners. And it relates to the fact that uh, late last week in Illinois, uh, there was a confirmed death related to vaping. Mm -hmm. Um, This individual uh, died not long after beginning to suffer some severe respiratory illnesses. And this raised for us a lot of questions. We've been worried about vaping. We've had other shows about vaping. But I think the the fact that this event has happened is really highlighting again the fact that we need to be very careful about this. The CDC is looking into another 193 uh, related severe illnesses and uh, potential deaths to uh, linked to vaping. And while there are probably more questions right now than we have answers, we are very, very concerned, and there's a lot of reasons we're concerned, but we're concerned. Well, and what's so shocking is that the number of folks smoking in this age category had dropped, like I believe, like 56%. Um, and then the vaping, vaping became popular and known, and now it's it's brought that number back up. And by that number, you're meaning um, adolescents and, uh, and young adults. And young adults. <laughs> but, and there's so many studies out there about the impact of nicotine on the developing brain. Um, um, and there was beginning to be a lot of progress related to that. And the numbers of um, teenagers acknowledging smoking within the past months had really significantly dropped, as Michael was saying. Um, <clears throat> but all of those gains have been erased. And now now the studies are showing that in high school students, one in five yes. admit to vaping. That's a, a massive number. And in middle school, one in 20. So middle school is like, what, 13, 12, 13 years mm-hmm. old, and they've already... So 5%. Mm-hmm. That, is, um, that is shocking, and very shocking, considering that um, not too long ago we celebrated... Um, I'm not sure that's the term we should use, but we celebrated the first warning from the Surgeon General that uh, nicotine had severe health consequences, that tobacco had severe health consequences. And over the years, there have been huge campaigns, many of them directly focused not just on the current smokers trying to encourage them to stop smoking, but 
a lot of work going into prevention activities, Mm -hmm. trying to help young people never pick it up, never get started. And this had been very successful. In fact, around 2011, 2012, excuse me, we saw for the first time a dip in the number of adolescents smoking. And in fact, there were more of them smoking pot. Now, I'm not sure that we should be celebrating that. But there were more kids smoking pot than were smoking cigarettes. That we had really made this gain. And part of the difficulty with cigarettes and other tobacco-related products is that the onset of illness, the onset of what we call morbidity and mortality, meaning illness, um, disease states, and then death, is very long. It's not as though you smoke one or two you overdose and die. Uh, It's not the same trajectory that we certainly see with heroin, where... You're talking about cigarette smoking. Right. When we look at cigarette smoking and its impact on your health and on your life, it takes quite a while for somebody to really see that. And so it's easy for a young person or a middle-aged person or even an older person to think... It's Uh, not going to happen to me. Right. And it's not going to be a problem. Even though we know 50% of people who use tobacco products will die of a tobacco-related illness in their life, it still is, well, 50-50, I'm probably going to be the lucky one. No, none of us ever think we're going to be the one. We're always going to be the other one, the one that it doesn't happen to. But now we're beginning to see some of these illnesses and now a death that is related to somebody not smoking for years and years and years and not having some early warning signs that their lungs were in trouble, but that these individuals are having sudden onset of symptoms and, and sudden onset of death. This is, I hope, going to get some people's attention, and that's one of the reasons we decided to go ahead and do the show today. Right. So it is really um, very difficult. Uh, There was a story that I wanted to share uh, with our folks about an 18-year-old who had been smoking and had one of these illnesses happen to him. And he talks about... um, He's 18 years old, and he's from Florida, and he talks about this onset of these symptoms that started uh, very suddenly. He was uh, short of breath, Mm -hmm. and he was having difficulty uh, breathing. He was having some chest pain, um, and it was... He was um, nauseous. He was nauseated, yes, and he... um, actually thought he was having a heart attack. Uh, The reason that he went to the emergency room was that he was thinking he had a heart attack. He had um, the presented at the emergency room, and the doctors there told him that his right lung had an actual hole in it and that the lung had collapsed and that he was going to have to go to surgery immediately in order to save his life. The young man said, I just freaked out when they told me that my lung had collapsed and that I had a hole in it. And um, 
this, again, sudden onset of uh, these symptoms, fortunately... He did think he was having a heart attack, and so he did go to an emergency room, and they were able to do the surgery to help um, restore his lung to function, and he fortunately didn't die. But this is this is really scary. This is an 18-year-old, otherwise healthy young man uh, from Florida. So these are the kinds of things that are now happening with this supposedly innocuous kind of activity that uh, we've been requesting the FDA take charge of and do something about regulating. And now we're seeing some deaths related to it and certainly some severe illnesses and injuries. So um, uh, it's very discouraging in that for years we've been warning and worried about the vaping and wondering and worried about the situation with all of the advertising being directed towards young people in particular. And flavors. And flavors. And the FDA at one point said, yes, we're going to regulate it. And then they stepped back and said, um, we are going to go ahead and... um, uh, wait another five years because we don't want these small businesses, uh, the small businesses making the vapes, making the juice, the small businesses that are selling these um, supplies to uh, be impacted. So we're going to give them a little bit more of a chance and we'll we'll take another look at this. So this is very discouraging. And And we knew back then when we were talking about this that right. um, that popcorn lung mm-hmm. was being associated with vaping. Right. But that was not to the extent that we're seeing well, these 193 cases. And we've talked whatever. about it from, from a recovery program perspective <clears throat> in the sense that you don't know what chemical is being vaped. Mm-hmm. Um, real right. often um, they're, they're doing dabs, they're doing THC, they're doing other chemicals in there, and they all you don't they don't smell any different. And so, just because somebody says they're vaping nicotine doesn't mean that that's what they're actually vaping. Um, what struck me though when I was looking at at some of the articles related to this was that now that there's been a death, the stories are coming out that that physicians have been seeing these kind of symptoms for the past couple years and they haven't had anybody to report it to. There was a a story of a respiratory physician, uh, pulmonologist Pulmonologist. Uh (laughs) in um, Wisconsin who had been seeing cases two years ago and had actually um, filed some reports and within her own um, field of study within pulmonology but that there hadn't been a pathway to to proceed further so there's been cases in wisconsin and minnesota and 22 other states that are directly connected to vaping um they haven't been able to rule it out as to the device specific or the product that's being used the juice or the things that are going in it but definitely connected to vaping for at least the past two years that are now coming to um, to the press because there's been somebody that died. And so the CDC has stepped up and they are um, investigating these uh, 193 cases so far that they have been um, reported and um, they're looking at those very questions. What's the cause? 
what's the mechanism is it um is it something about the individual device? Is it something about the liquid that is used? Uh, and we can talk a little bit more about uh, some of the liquids and the flavorings that we do know are dangerous and are associated with popcorn lung, uh, which doesn't have anything to do with popcorn. That's another story <laughs> in and of itself. But the idea that... Um, that now the CDC is taking this on very seriously, and hopefully there will be more reports. No, that didn't sound right. Uh, hopefully some of the... Um, reports that are given will start to make sense. Right, and allow us to find the, the culprit or culprits and be able to help advise people if they're going to use these products which ones are the ones they that are more dangerous than others and and hopefully discourage kids because this is such a big big deal and i just have a question um this is this the illnesses are happening to adolescent and young adults right correct correct and do we think that that is because something about their makeup rather than the older crowd or is it because the older crowd hasn't really gotten into vaping as much well i think it's probably a combination of all of the above i think that it has been readily adopted by the under 18 crowd because for a long time and even still the regulations around it have not been there and that people could order these devices and order the the liquids to go in them over the internet mm-hmm. um, they could go into vape shops Head cigar shops. shops other places and buy them um, where they couldn't buy the pack of cigarettes that might be sitting on the shelf right next to them they could buy these products so the early ad- early adopters I think have been young people and when you talk to some young people, as we do fairly often, you'll find that these kids are using every opportunity that they can possibly have to use this as frequently and as intensely and at the highest levels of nicotine that they can find. Well, and I, I recall, you know, a few years back when we were starting to hear about um, inventive young people that were taking the cartridges mm-hmm. and refilling them with other things other than the nicotine or the juice or right. whatever it is. Right. So, again, we don't know whether this is related to the nicotine, whether this is related to the flavorings, whether this may be related to the marijuana that many young people are using or a combination of all of the above. But Or the fact that since they're refilling them themselves, that they're probably not cleaning them in, in a way that would make sure that they're not getting other bacteria or things into their lungs. Other, other things that might be... Um, creating uh, additional problems. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about death by vaping. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? 
We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at EHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Are you man enough to make a stand against sexual assault? Join us for the second annual Atlanta Walk a Mile in Her Shoes on October 5th at Historic Fourth Ward Park. For more information, go to AtlantaWalkAMileInHerShoes.EverydayHero.do. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back. This is Detailing Addiction. I'm Dr. Susan Blank. You're listening to America's Web Radio. Today, David Donaldson and Michael Daly are with me from the Atlanta Healing Center, and we're talking about death by vaping. Uh, Since we've had the first confirmed death related to vaping, and there are a number of other um, illnesses, injuries, and suspicious deaths that may be associated with vaping, the CDC is now uh, investigating cases in 22 states, as David mentioned. So this is beginning to highlight for real some of the concerns that we have had in the past about vaping. Now, um, at the break, Michael, you made an important point that um, originally when we saw some of these e-cigarettes or electronic nicotine delivery systems Mm -hmm. as um, ends, as they are called in the literature, the goal of these was to allegedly help people stop smoking. Right. You would you would start out at a certain level of nicotine, um, the cartridge, and then you would slowly taper that down so that by the end of it you were basically getting air, and but your habit still was, um, I guess. The, the need to smoke or touch something to your lips and draw on it was still there so you the could oral fixation you could, yeah the still oral fixation could be leveled out and originally we're talking 20 years ago that this was coming from a physician and they were they were starting you at a specific dose and then each month or each two week period you would get a new set of cartridges at a lower dose so the control was not in the the user's hands 
So it was used as a tapering device, mm-hmm. and it worked really well as a tapering device. Mm-hmm. Um, for yeah, for some people, it really did. Uh, much as the nicotine patches can be really helpful as a way to stop smoking, that you use the different doses of the patches. <laughs> decreasing the amount of nicotine over time, uh, supplementing perhaps with some nicotine gum or nicotine lozenge for those acute cravings, and people were able um, successfully in many cases to use this. One of my problems with any of these electronic nicotine delivery systems is that you are continuing to reinforce the The Mm hand-to-mouth and the breathing in and the breathing out, which we must breathe every day, and David reminds us always that we need to just breathe. But the idea that um, we're we're reinforcing the delivery system of choice for that Mm -hmm. individual So for some of our folks that were trying to stop smoking who might be using smokeless tobacco or um, chewing tobacco, as it may be known, we didn't want them using the nicotine gum or the nicotine lozenges because it reinforced reinforced a couple of chews and stick it in your cheek and a couple of chews and stick it in your cheek. And the same, again, behaviors associated with the delivery of nicotine. Well, and... When we were when we were looking at the smoking cessation with Dr. Kelly from mm-hmm. Canada, um, it was it was interesting because he always brought up the fact that a lot of smokers loved the ritual, right? And there was it was also ritualistic, and you know these things just keep reinforcing that. Right. And and we know that if we're trying to help someone uh, come off heroin or alcohol, whatever, we don't have them go to the bar and just drink two glasses right. of uh, alcohol. And yeah, you don't do an alcohol taper. You don't do an alcohol taper. We don't use heroin as a taper. We don't use the drug of choice, and we certainly don't use the delivery system of choice um, as the way that we're going to uh, help this person stop the um, way in which the disease has manifested itself in their life. Well, and the other thing is that you don't have the person with the disease managing their own taper. Correct. Um, It goes against the definition of the disease when you think this is something I have no control over to think that you are going to control your own taper from the substance. Mm -hmm. So it's been an interesting progression when it was first introduced as this is a way to help you stop smoking. Then it has become this is a healthier alternative or a safe alternative to smoking and that it is now available in flavors that children and young people would be very interested in. I don't see many adults. I could be wrong, uh, but I don't see many adults choosing the bubblegum flavored 
right juice I, or the cherry or the grape or the cotton candy cotton candy maybe david they're going for cotton candy flavored juice and cotton candy flavored grapes <laughs> so who knows cotton candy may be taking over the world but, the, but I, I mean, it has been really interesting watching the marketing of all of this. Cause it, it has it did been. Well, it's turned into a huge mm-hmm. opportunity rather than a, you know, it was started out as a, as a means to stop something. Now it's an opportunity to add a whole and new for a array while, of. For a while it wasn't about quitting smoking, but it was what you could do to get that same pleasure when you were not in a situation where you could smoke. I think about the commercial with uh, the people visiting their loved one in the hospital and having to stop and do a vape because or smoke, and now they can vape and not have to worry about it. And they can vape right there in the and, hospital and, room. And some, yeah. of the, some of the marketing even talks about the evolution of, of smoking. Isn't that a great phrase? That is such a great phrase, the evolution of smoking, where it used to be this one thing that smells bad and makes your clothes smell bad, and you can't do it at bars anymore, to now. And now they're they're touting that it's clean, it's electronic, right. it's the new and improved device. Or and um, as we have been reminded, uh, it's also much more expensive. Right. So the price of cigarettes has gone up over the years and taxes have increased and some local um, communities and states have raised the taxes significantly on cigarettes. But these devices and the juice to refill them are not inexpensive and we've actually known a number of cases where the individual thinking they're going to switch to vaping for whatever their reason they find that it's so much more expensive to do that than to use cigarettes that they go back to cigarettes and then find, oh, to my amazement, I'm actually smoking more cigarettes than I was before I switched to the vape because the high level of nicotine, which we're going to talk a little bit more about in, um, in our next session, a section, but but that the increased frequency that these folks can use this mm-hmm. and the increased number of places that they have it available to them. Now, I have a, a family member who returned to school in the last couple of weeks and is in a high school and said that there was all of this talk um, and the parents agreed that at um, parent-teacher night and back-to-school night, the school was saying we're going to have zero tolerance for the the jewel and for the delivery devices that look like a little USB port. Uh-huh. Or not port, but USB um, stick. stick. Um, zero tolerance. Um, and this family member who will remain nameless, um, reports that walking in the bathroom (laughs) at the break any time of the day, it is a cloud of vapor. An absolute cloud of vapor that people are in the bathrooms. There are not teachers in there. There aren't the safety patrol folks or the, um, the resource officers, the county police officers that are there. They're not in there patrolling this part of the campus. So other parts of the campus may look relatively nicotine-free or 
vaping free, but not the bathroom. Well, see, I went to a school that back in the day when smoking was not allowed and you'd be charged, and and they really did look for it, and they would, you know. Teachers patrolled the bathrooms all the time because that, of course, was where you were going to do it if you were going to sneak. <laughs> but it was much di- more difficult. Though. Right. So, um, so there is um, an interesting, as you say, evolution that has happened with the invention of the Juul, and now a major tobacco company owns 33% of that particular company. There's a lot more money being invested in marketing. Uh, They're allegedly not going to market to children anymore and take off the pictures of the very young people having much joy and celebration as they're using these devices. They're allegedly changing some of the colors that might, uh, and I'm being sarcastic here because this is some of their response, that might be helpful uh, or might be attractive to uh, getting young people's attention. We're seeing again over and over um, that the tobacco companies are very wise, Mm-hmm. And they have a lot of motivation to keep their business going. And in doing that, we are seeing now a whole new generation of smokers that we had thought we had stopped. Well, We're going to take ask, a break. Okay. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about how this is actually affecting people. Please stay tuned. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. This is Ron Camacho, host of the Business Hour, on Fridays from 10 to 11 a.m. Join me as I talk with passionate professionals on a program that profiles the best businesses, business professionals, business practices, and fascinating individuals to get an insider view of how America works, 10 to 11 a.m. on America's Web Radio. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. 
If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back. This is Detailing Addiction. I'm Dr. Susan Blank. This is America's Web Radio. Today, Michael Daly and David Donaldson are here from the Atlanta Healing Center, and we're talking about death by vaping, uh, our big concern in terms of the recent uh, death uh, confirmed in Illinois related to vaping and the CDC opening up investigations in 22 states uh, about um Illnesses and possible deaths related to vaping. This, so, it, I know this is kind of crazy, but on the outset of it, with these deaths and the uncertainty, it sort of reminds me of back when HIV became starting to see these um, the the cancer that they the they talked about the small report about the one you know here, here and there and then all of a sudden it was getting more and more and more and. That's this feels sort of like that because in, in all honesty, again, we don't know what component of the vape process uh, contributes to the death and to the illnesses, with one exception, and that goes back to the reports back in um, 2015 about popcorn lung. Mm-hmm. So in 2015 in Jasper, Mississippi, there was a small plant that was making microwave popcorn. And they began to notice that um, their workers there were developing something that um, is called bronchiolitis obliterans, where the very small little openings uh, within the lungs were getting clogged, and these people were not able to exchange oxygen and carbon dioxide freely and they were having many symptoms that looked like COPD or chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. So they looked like somebody that had been smoking for years. They were having the same kinds in many, not completely, but a lot of the similar kinds of symptoms. And they traced it back to one of the chemicals that was part of the butter flavoring for the popcorn. And it's called diacetyl. And this particular flavoring uh, was felt to be what was causing this popcorn. And because it was a popcorn plant, that's how we got the name popcorn lungs. Okay. So kind of roundabout. but So it's not that it's turning your lungs into popcorn. No, and nor is it now your so, lungs a, so, a source of pro- popcorn. But it's looking like uh, lungs of, of long-time smokers that are now blocked with... Um, are, are they using that same... Uh, delivery of of that that um, chemical as a as a flavoring yes tool and so one of the things that has been of concern was that this flavoring that was used in the microwave popcorn uh, the diacetyl was being used in many of the flavorings, particularly the fruit flavors, uh, the very sweet flavors, or the creamy flavoring. Mm-hmm. So Creamy's this was very uh, concerning, and they began to pull away. So you need to look 
on your vape juice or whatever flavoring uh, is listed on your device um, or the refill that you're getting um, and make sure that there isn't a word called diacetyl. It's D-I-A-C-E-T-Y-L. Diacetyl is the flavoring. But there's another additive um, that you can get that they've been using that converts to the same thing. Uh, it's not diacetyl when it starts, but when heated, it becomes um, much more of a problem. And this particular um, compound is called uh, is spelled A C E T O I N. So you need to look on the ingredient sections of the flavored vapes that you're getting and make sure that diacetyl or A-C-E-T-O-I-N are not listed as part of the ingredients because these are what um, converts. So many of the vape flavoring companies um, began to use other things that were allowed by the FDA as flavorings when added to foods and that they were allegedly safe when, you know, baked into a cookie or used to, uh, to flavor ice cream or candy. The problem is that many of these things have not been tested when they have been vaporized, when they have been heated to these extreme temperatures, and not ingested through our digestive tract that has lots of protections, including a lot of acid in our stomach, including special skin cells all through our digestive tract that protect us from a lot of the crap that we get exposed chemicals. to. The chemicals. Thank you. That's a much better word. Um, they protect us against that. Our lungs do not have these kinds of protections. And so now you're taking these chemicals in, vaporized at high temperatures potentially into your lungs, and how that's actually going to be affecting your lungs is not good, but some of the symptoms that should concern you would be a dry cough without mucus. So normally a smoker's cough may have some yuck, some phlegm, some colored a uh, thickness, a thickness to, the to cough. it. Um, the cough related to vaping and potentially related to some of these serious illnesses is a dry cough with a- that it's not productive. I think that's called a hack, isn't a it? A hack. <laughs> Wheezing or shortness of breath, particularly when performing normal physical activities that don't make you short of breath. Now, if I were to go outside and you guys make me run 10 miles, I can promise you there would be wheezing, shortness of breath, and probably loss of consciousness. Or 50 feet. Um, Or even 50 (laughs) feet. Um, But that's not my usual physical exercise. (laughs) I can promise you that. So this is normal physical activities. Suddenly now you're becoming short of breath.
breath, rapid breathing, where you just feel like you can't get your breath and Mm -hmm. you're breathing much more quickly. Low energy and exhaustion, because if you are not getting oxygen into your red blood cells, your cells uh, that require oxygen to function are not going to do very well. So this exhaustion. And then recurrent or continued irritation of the, of your skin, your eyes, your mouth, or your nose from these chemicals. So some of these symptoms look, may even look like COPD uh, that we would see in a long-term smoker. Some of them are very different, different, but we need to really be um, very cognizant of if you're having shortness of breath, if you're feeling chest pain, if you're feeling dizziness, if you're having this productive cough or you're seeing some of these others non-productive cough, then you really need to take that seriously and let somebody take a look at you. Well, it's it's. Kind of, it's interesting because when we've talked before about alcoholics generally die more from uh, tobacco correct illnesses than they do from the illness of addiction, right? In an odd way, but now with this latest thing, we're seeing deaths like one death, one death so far. But they've got 196 cases, 93, and what they're what they're treating them so far with steroids to lower the inflammation. But they're really connecting that this is lung issues being created by vaping, and the potential can can escalate really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. So, back to the question: Is this something about the the vape apparatus itself? Is it something about the vape juice? Uh, is it the way in which the person is using it, including the frequency and the high intensity of some of the nicotine in it? Or is it that they're using other things in the vaporizer, such as marijuana? Cannabis. Um, from the, um, from the oils. Oils like that are legal here in Georgia, uh, if you have well, a card. Well, and we part were of seeing. Oh, I'm and part of what we've been dealing with is that with the high potency of THC dabs, um, that it's creating aggression. It's creating a lot of uh, uh, psychosis symptoms, especially right. a young among young males. And if part of what's going on is that this is getting intensified by the vaping, that's that's another huge cause for concern. Well. I was I was thinking of of a certain patient that we continually saw marijuana levels that were too high to count right continuously for over the course of treatment because he was smoking I mean he he wanted to say that it was it was because of the high intensity of the smoke back when he was doing it but I mean it was so high that they couldn't even count it and we we never did see it come down below that. So, uh, but we do see longer time in which um, some of these higher level smokers of marijuana, their their drug screens may be positive. Uh, I do think that it is noteworthy that the U.S. Um, Surgeon General Jerome Adams has declared e-cigarettes an epidemic among youth. Youth. 
youth, <laughs> young people, and that uh, he is um, very worried that it's not only going to cause lung damage, but it may impact brain development, may induce some mood disorders, and may lower impulse control and lead to the use of other drugs. So. Our Surgeon General has now made a very clear statement that this is an epidemic and we are in trouble, and I think we're realizing that. We've got to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about what's the best nicotine level for you in vape juice. Please stay tuned. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You really can't appreciate what someone has gone through until you walk a mile in their shoes. That is why we are bringing the second annual Walk a Mile in Her Shoes to Atlanta. We are literally asking men to walk a mile in high heel shoes to express empathy for women who have been victim of sexual assault. Are you man enough? If so, join us Saturday, October 5th at Historic Fourth Ward Park. For more information, go to Atlanta Walk a Mile in Her Shoes. EverydayHero.do. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back. This is Detailing Addiction. This is America's Web Radio, and I'm Dr. Susan Blank in studio with David Donaldson and Michael Daly from the Atlanta Healing Center, and we're talking about death by vaping. And in all fairness, um, there are still a lot of questions that we have regarding the death in Illinois last week. Um, in terms of which component of the vaping was the cause, but we do know that certainly the flavorings for some of these um, uh, juices, the the refills, uh, can 
and have been known to cause problems. Uh, there have been worries about the heavy metals in the batteries that are required for these devices, and there is um, also concerns about some of the propellants that have to be used to vaporize the nicotine or the pot or whatever well, is being smoked. And, and I just, as you said that, I just recalled that only maybe three or four weeks ago, we were talking about the explosion. Uh, I don't know if mm-hmm. that's the right word, right. but explosion of these devices where it would send pieces right into their brain and, and, and they were being killed that way. And now we're talking about it in much more general, cleaner death. Right. <laughs> Neater death, uh, less uh, less to clean Drama. up. Drama, um, but it is um, it is it is frightening to think that we are now seeing some of these. And while the numbers have been low um, so far, so far uh, that we know, this is not this this is not your grandpa's death from tobacco use. Mm-mm. And this is not the respiratory illnesses that develop chronically over time from chronic cigarette use. These are rapid onset of significant uh, damage to lungs. So we, we kind of need to get a handle on this, and we need to understand that this is very appealing to kids. The thing that I keep thinking about is that, that nicotine is the poisonous substance that's also the addictive substance. Correct. Nicotine is the part that gets into your brain and releases dopamine, so right. it's self-rewarding and makes you want to do it, but it also it also goes to all of the other receptor sites in there that make you feel right with the world and happy and comfortable and ready to keep doing more and more and more of it, and the manufacturers are producing um um, oil cartridges that are giving them much, much more of it than they could ever get from a pack of cigarettes. Well, and we know that that young people that smoke are, you know, more likely to develop addiction with chemicals as far as drugs and alcohol than a non-smoker. Yeah, we know if they a person who starts smoking young, 12, 13, are much more likely to then move on to marijuana and then other to to abuse alcohol and other drugs. Um, so we know that that pattern's there, and now they're having a substance that's giving them a pack of cigarettes and worth one of nicotine and, and one, one jewel of puffing. And one jewel cartridge. This is very worrisome because um, there's a research team, um, I believe, I'll have to look up where they're at. Um they are they've looked at 614 year olds and they're looking at what's happening to the brains of these kids they're doing mri studies looking at the white matter which is the um part of our brain that allows connection between our different um, neurons and they're looking at the gray matter which is the part of the brain that is actually the neurons the brain cells themselves and what they're finding is that they are having lesser amounts of the gray matter the kids that are smoking 
and mm-hmm. these are 14-year-olds. They're much more vulnerable at this age to the effects of smoking and of nicotine than are adults. Not to say that adults are safe in using these um, devices, but certainly the impact for children is much more worrisome and, um, and very concerning uh, to me. Uh, this study was done, thank you, David, at the University of Vermont. So more to be revealed, and there is a dearth of studies about the impact of vaping in general and certainly the impact on vaping in adolescents and young adults, other than to say we're seeing a lot more vaping and we're seeing this sudden upsurge in the vaping um, among kids. And this is a heartbreaking, after 50 years of prevention activities, getting the levels down to the lowest ever in terms of adolescent smoking and and new smokers starting to smoke. And now with the introduction of the Juul, and I am going to pick on Juul, with the introduction of that, it has changed. It has changed, and now we see children. We see children who are using these products, feeling very cool, very sneaky. I'm getting away with it at school. I'm getting away with it in front Everywhere. of my parents. I'm probably using it in the car, and my um, I could insert a number of um, adjectives. Uh, parents don't even know that I'm doing it. Uh, I'm using pot. I had a, I had a <laughs> Well, it's, it's so interesting that there. I had a client that was so subtle with this thing that he would just kind of go up and look like he was just scratching his mouth, and he would take a little hit. And finally, I was like, "Are you vaping?" And he's like, "Yeah." <laughs> I had no clue. I didn't see it. There was it was that small, and it was just kind of kept between his thumb and his finger like a good magician, and he would just do a real quick little hit, not enough to let any vape smoke come out. Well, that's what I was going <laughs> to say, that when when this first became, you know, started, the the devices looked like these metal, um, you know, eight inches long and, and <laughs> three inches. Fire extinguishers. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they were like stainless steel, and, and you could tell that somebody was vaping, and the, the vapor trail was enormous and now it's you know high-powered vape juice and teeny tiny delivery system so it's a that is perfect not necessarily letting off any smell or any smoke or vapor and they're l- much less expensive too apparently and you can get different e-juice um, amounts anywhere from 0 milligrams per ml um, 3, 6, 12 and 18 are very commonly um, available now for those that are first time users the recommendation is that you use a 3 or a 6 milligram if you are a regular heavy smoking smoker that you go up to 12 <laughs> But we have a number of young people that we have talked to right. that are using the 18 milligrams all day long, as much as they can get, and they buy it in a 30 ml replacement. So they get 30 milliliters of 18, um, and they will use that in a few weeks. So that is. What is that equivalent to? Well, if you think that a package of cigarettes is five milligrams, um, that would be a fair number of 
So 18 is is three and a half packs, basically. Mm-hmm. Per ml, per and they're ML. getting 30 mls. Are they talking to you about what the high is like? It's a pretty, it's a really big high. Um, there is a podcast that I watch regularly where the host actually tried one of these and said, and he doesn't smoke regularly, but he smokes some. He goes, this is amazing. This just let my, he said, I'm feeling a little high. <laughs> so, Well, you can imagine you because about- somebody that doesn't smoke and they take a, Take a hit off of a cigarette. They feel like they feel like they're going to fall over. You you know they they get dizzy. They get a high. They get a rush. So, but I don't. You know you, when you think about the high related to um, opiates or the high related to alcohol or something, you think about this real euphoria. But when I think about the high related to nicotine in previous days, that was more like a just kind of right. Right. You know, just kind of maybe a little dizziness the first time or a little bit of a, just kind of a lightness, but not like this euphoria. But when you talk about this kind of milligrams, it, you're, I would assume that the high is, is it, intense. It's, it's much more intense. Um, the mood-altering capability is intense, and I don't mean that in terms of making them psychotic. Um, as much as when we look at regular cigarette smokers, they will use cigarettes to calm them down if they're agitated or irritable, and they'll use cigarettes to wake them up and to give them a little bit more energy. So they use it regularly to modulate mood. But um, in this case, uh, again, more studies to be revealed as to just how much the mood altering uh, goes on. But um, when I ask people who are vaping, it's very interesting. If they're vaping, they are not interested at all in stopping. If I ask people who are young adults or late adolescents who are smoking cigarettes, are you interested? They're not very interested, but someday they're going to. When I ask uh, 25 or older, um, are are you smoking? Do you want to stop? Almost every one of them tells me, yes, I want to stop. Most of them say, not right this minute, but they do say they want to stop. With the vaping, it's, oh, no, I do not want to stop. Right. And looking well, forward to more intense nicotine exposure, which is very frightening because they can do it. Mm-hmm. They can make it much more intense. And and this just tells us that if they're, if they're producing you know, anywhere from 3 to 18 milligrams and people are going for the 18, that there's something about this that is appealing. Right. It is highly addictive. We know nicotine is one of our most addictive substances. Go by any AA meeting and you will clearly see many folks in good long-term recovery who have not been able to stop smoking. So this raises on so many levels big red flags. So we are going to um, have to wait and see, and we will see you all next week on Detailing Addiction. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.